You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. What is up, guys, and welcome to PBE Family Therapy. My name's Dr. K. And I am Blow Pop, and we are here with episode 10. Yeah. I think uh, double digits, I guess, is pretty exciting, and it is also the first episode of season 24 post-opener, yes. I guess, so... Exactly. The first time we're actually really digging in uh, another cool milestone. And I didn't even tell you this off air blow pop, but not only is our 10th episode, but we have hit 101 plays. Okay. Pretty good. <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more excitement. <laughs> Why 101? I like, don't know. If you had just said it was like, oh, it's our 10th episode and we've had 100 plays, it'd be like, oh, cute little powers of 10. That's right. nice. <laughs> just to upset anyone with OCD, it's 101 plays. But it's still, it's. I thought it was still exciting. So thank you guys so much for listening. I don't know why you're listening, but. Yeah, you know, you've made interesting choices yeah we're where we're at so uh today we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about we're gonna check in on like league standings and league statistics mm-hmm. uh, the the normal as expected updates on each of our players that had some wonky starts yeah. in different directions yep um, and, yeah good and bad and then bad uh we also have the newest batch of over unders to talk about because mm-hmm. beaver Beaver released the, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, template or something mm-hmm. last night. And uh, I put them through my spreadsheet and I think I have some solid picks. So, yeah. So, just as a reminder, last year we were the only ones to go perfect in the casino. So, stay tuned for the Blow Pops best bets because, right. And, and at least one person has noticed either via the podcast or via looking at the casino payouts, and that would be mm-hmm. Bark Merley. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're coming coming your way, Bark. Don't worry. That's right. And then lastly, assuming we have time, we'll chit-chat a little bit about the new announcement of League Expansion as well as the new logo. Short version, uh, nice. Yeah, thumbs up. Big, big thumbs up. Uh, so jumping right into the majors, uh, we are only about 20 games in so far, but uh, the dominant force being the Outer Banks Aviators. Right. They've gone 17 and three so far. Uh, it was really interesting watching a lot of especially veteran members of the community talk about season predictions uh, because they were mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, OBX should be really good, but we're just going to put them third because they're always unlucky. So it was like... Hmm a kind of weird version of like a gambler's fallacy sort of hmm, sure of just this has been the luck it will be the luck hmm. uh that being said we're a little bit less than a fifth of the way through a season so there's still technically time for things to turn around and for them hmm. to fall back to earth but uh 17 and 3 start to have a secure and solid first place advantage right now is pretty darn good Absolutely. And it looks like they've been a little bit lucky. Their Pythag record is only 13 and seven, but 
it's still early in the season, small sample sizes and all of that. Um, They're sitting in a healthy lead, seven games ahead of, well, three teams that are tied, the Voyagers, Apex, and the Rougarous. Um, But sitting uh, atop the East with a a healthy lead. Uh, Their team... Team stats, team rankings are looking overall pretty good. Strength appears to be their pitching sitting at like second, yep. fourth, and, and well, basically one through four um, kind of in team standings. Yeah, and I mean, their batting isn't bad either. You know, those right. are sitting between like three and six. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. still top half. It just kind of slides down a tiny bit. Yeah, and I think the thing that's cool uh, for me in watching this team really succeed is one of the things that's really awesome in sports is when you have a team that knows that they are within their window of winning and they kind of push all the chips into the middle of the table. They they go that extra mile to grab the extra player to to win right now. And so, like, for instance, I know that Outer Banks uh, for pitching, they traded for Justin Ripsbad last year and they just traded for jose 43 the dominant closer um so they are definitely spending um spending capital whether it be players or whether it be future picks on winning right now right and uh it's paying off so far especially uh you know this whole uh, justin rips bad being on my fantasy team thing so (laughs) you know shout out to justin rips bad sure x but yeah, I do. I do agree. I I like the notion of you know um, the front office of a team in a sport, whatever mm-hmm. one it is, pouncing at the opportunity to, you know, you got to win now because in two years you won't be able to or something like that. And yeah. I I heard some interesting media over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick sidebar. One side effect of the PBE is I'm just getting like much more into normal baseball. Oh yeah, me too. So like I'm I'm consuming a lot of you know like podcasts or yeah. shows or whatever about yeah. baseball, and uh, I'm probably gonna end up getting like an MLB like internet streaming package or yeah. something like that to watch a bunch of games and stuff. I love it. Have you checked out uh, the podcast called Effectively Wild? No. Check it out. It's quirky and hilarious and awesome. Okay, I think you would really dig it, and anyone who's listening also check it out. But uh, one of the one of the talking points that I heard from someone, mm-hmm. um, Jake from John Boy Media, mm-hmm. basically talked about the same thing of like windows of opportunity and how yeah. one of the problems with the modern day MLB is the fact that a lot of front offices view the playoffs as a crapshoot. You just have right. to get into the playoffs and you might have a chance. Mm-hmm especially because the playoffs have expanded to like 14 or whatever. Right. A lot. So (laughs) since, since there's more teams that can get in the playoffs and because offices view it as just like a roll of the dice anyways, there's a lot less urgency to go get those players. Like you were talking about with like the acquisition of rips bad and 43 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, like if someone like trout was a free agent Mm -hmm. team wouldn't say, we're in our window. We got to get specifically him and shell out the big money. They might say, let's get someone else for half as much money because whatever we might make the playoffs. Anyways, we'll get our 85 games and yep. we'll call it good. Exactly. So, yeah. They're aiming for 85 win teams instead of trying to build the 105 team, you know, super team that's going to crush all, all the competition. I, I also think part of the reason I like seeing teams really go for it 
<clears throat> is I think the a, a good example of the opposite of this is the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, pardon my bias with uh, Minnesota sports teams, but they are a team that like is always trying to compete and they never really tear down. And as a result, if you look at the last like 20 years, which is like my fandom, there are a lot of like eight and eight seasons. You know, they might pop off and have a 15 and one season and lose in the NFC championship. Game. Um, you know, and but but they don't really scrape the bottom too much. Right. And as a result, they're just kind of a middle team forever. So it's like you got you got to have the ebbs and flows. You got to see where you're at in that timeline and then, you know, kind of strike when the iron is hot. And OBX has done that. Up here. Yeah. So they've done that, I suppose. It is. Far better than striking when the iron is hot is to make the iron hot by striking. Wow. That was philosophical. And it was also a quote that I've only heard because of Sid Meier's civilization. So. <laughs> Your culture is showing. Culture return. It's kind of like when my wife, like, we're listening to music and I'll, you know, sing along with the song. She's like, oh, you know this song? And I was like, yeah, it's only because it was on The Office. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Yeah. Uh, anyways, looking at the other leader in the Western Division, we have the San Antonio Sloths sitting at a respectable 14 and 6, but possibly even more exciting than that to people that like me that are on the Vandals eventually. The Vancouver Vandals are sitting at 13 and 7, only one game behind. Right. The West is a lot different than we were expecting uh, mm -hmm. going into the season. I, I mean, Sloths are on top and Foxes are on bottom, and that was on everybody's board. Yeah. Yep. for season predictions but two through six is just an absolute crapshoot so yep. far um i mean i'm pretty sure the most common two was death valley death valley's mm -hmm. five right now yep. the most yep. common three was nashville nashville's yeah. four right now and then detroit detroit's three right now instead of four mm -hmm. and then boise boise is six instead of five mm -hmm. and then like you said the biggest turnaround is vancouver going from a fairly consensus projected sixth spot to mm -hmm. second all of a yeah. sudden. Yeah. All of these teams are within a couple of games of the next spot up, which is, is really fun. And I hope that it turns into a really entertaining race um, for the postseason, even though that's obviously super far away from right now, but it's right. still exciting to see. It's also interesting to see, you know, very, not necessarily super wide apart, but just very clear cut one through seven on the West. Whereas back on the East, there's outer banks with 17 wins. And then mm -hmm. there's New York, 10 and 10, Indianapolis, 10 and 10, New Orleans, 10 and 10. Yeah. All just kind of bunched in there. So it'll be interesting to see kind of who pulls away from the pack there. My assumption is going to be that Indianapolis will fall behind the pace and that the Voyagers and the Rougarous will continue. I'm guessing that was pretty consensus for the top of that division, like some ordering of aviators, voyagers, rugurus. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason that the Vandals are the biggest surprise right now are because mm -hmm. the Vandals are a cutaway second place. Yeah. But the Indy Apex being tied for second mm -hmm. two other teams kind of muddles that. So it should be mm -hmm. surprising, but they're just kind of lumped in with New York and New Orleans. So it's a lot less of like, their thunder has been taken away from them, kind of. Right. Yeah. Uh, another weird one is uh, Cancun sitting mm -hmm. at fifth place when they yeah. are in hard rebuild mode. Yes. Like yes. fully committing to the teardown sure. that you talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah. And trading away even some picks for next year. You were saying that they've got a ton of picks. 
Right. So like to reiterate on two episodes ago, I guess. Um, so like I got picked in the third first round pick mm-hmm. of Cancun yep. for the season 24 draft. And then next year, because of all the trades that they've done, they have four more first round picks. <laughs> and then the year after that, I think they have two more or maybe sure. more. But like Yikes. in a three year span in a 14 team league, they've mm-hmm. secured nine first round picks. And assuming those picks uh, select, you know, good users who will continue to earn, um, whether it be max earning or otherwise, that's going to make for a pretty dominant team, hopefully right when Wallaby has kind of his prime. Right. And I don't think it'll ever be like Wallaby's team. If anything, I think it'll end up being probably Caden Kalian's team because Mm -hmm. he's going to be a much better batter than me and he's fast. And no, no one cares about the like from from like the the big five miles up viewpoint. No one cares about the Golden Glove contender, mm. but they like them. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not the I'm not the face that's going to be on advertisements, but that's right. not what I care it's about. It's so. also an ugly face. So like, oh yeah, <laughs> they they cannot advertise with Wallaby's <laughs> face because as of the start of this week. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, my Lenny Dykstra face gen is actually put in the game. Um, And I'm going to go dig up who did it. I just sent them a message on uh, J-Sync a little bit ago. Uh, It's Machine Earned Runs. Nice. He he did a great job. It looks really good. And because it looks accurate, it looks stupid as hell. So (laughs) I'm a big fan of it. Uh, shout out to him. Nice job. It was good work. I pulled it up uh, the other day and I saw it and I was like, yep, there it is. That's pretty good. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that idiot. Yep. Uh, the last thing I think to talk about for the majors is uh, underperforming uh, quite a bit is the Providence Crabs who are actually worse than the Foxes right now. They're sitting at a 4-16, and 16, so not a good start. Right. What is their um, Pythagorean or Pythagorean? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Pythag or Pythagorean record uh, is seven and thirteen. So they're a, a little, little unlucky. Just just a little bit. They're one in six in one run games. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. There's a zero and good. three in extra innings. <laughs> yeah. What uh, what about Cancun? Because I had Cancun as uh, seventh, Indy sixth, Crabs fifth. Sure. So they're Pythag. They're actually a little below it, just only by wow. one game. Um. So two and three in one run games and haven't gone into extra innings yet. So not too bad. This is like, I would imagine this is what it would feel like to be, say, four years ago ish, mm-hmm. to be a 76ers fan and watch them win games. Mm. Just be like, hey, that's my team. Ah, but you, sh- you should really lose. Yeah. You should really <laughs> lose. Please, 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 please. It's the old modern Jacksonville Jaguars. They won yeah. the game last year. Yay! Now we don't get Trevor Lawrence. And then they. No, no, there's the the Jets. Oh, Jets! You're right. Jaguars are getting Trevor Lawrence. And then the, the Jets, Jets won. And then the Jets put a stamp on it by winning a second game. I think. Yeah, I think so too. All the fan base is like, no. Oh yeah, I got I got some buddies from New York from college. Yeah. Um, lot of lot of new york folk in my friend group and they are unhappy it's also weird like all of my friends from new york are 
Jets fans instead of Giants, and they are also all Mets fans instead of Yankees. <laughs> so, cool. like, they just like the worst teams, I yep. guess. Well, that's cool. I can respect not going with the uh, the mainstream. I, I would also assume it has to do with, like, where in the New York area you grow up right. or something like that, but... I would assume. Makes sense. Like, kind of goofy. Yep. Um, also goofy, the name of the leading batter in the majors. That's true. Hard and long. It's classic. Perfect. It's perfect. Every time I see it, I think like James Harden long. Oh, sure. But yes. LeBron Harden. James Harden long. Yeah. So, if, wow, this is good. We should keep this going. Um, yeah. Well, who do you know LeBron. with the last name of LeBron? <laughs> yeah. Other than LeBron. Simon is last name. It's first name. Anyways, Harden Long leading the the uh, league with pretty much every single batting category. He's hitting hitting 366. He's already hit 11 home runs, Mm -hmm. which is just absurd. He's leading in slugging on base plus slugging, war hits, runs, and total bases, which is nuts. Um, He's also on pace for 59 home runs, which is a little ridiculous. Yeah, probably not going to hold. But, uh, yeah, because of all of those, you know, simple stats, he also leads in maybe one of the more telling stats, and that's OPS Plus. He's mm-hmm. clicking along with a 226. Yikes. He's also leading in isolated power, but I think isolated power is a kind of weird stat. Yeah, I don't understand it. I understand it more than zone rating, but I understand it uh, less than... Other so there's stuff. there's there's two different ways that you can calculate it. It's something mm-hmm. like one times doubles plus two times triples plus three times home runs divided by at bats. Hmm. Or you can do I think it's slugging percentage minus batting average. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it basically what it does is it's like what is what is your effectively batting average if you don't have any of your singles or something like that that makes sense then it's kind of wonky but whatever gives you uh gives you an idea of how much power they're hitting which is good um some other players on the field here we've got leading uh the league and runs batted in um apparently he retired from the saints and Jameis winston is now playing left field Um, i think isn't his middle name not like i think of the files oh no is it really no, this one's Jameis Winston. I think the PBE had a Jameis not Winston, but that oh. might have been a minor leaguer. Sure. That's delightful. I enjoy that. Um, I feel like Jameis Winston being blind would not really help his baseball. Yeah, that is, that is a very squint-heavy face gen. It is, actually. It's it a like, really well-done face gen, though. It looks like he's posing for a, a picture while also fighting back a sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Is that perfect sweet spot? Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the pitchers, leading the league in ERA. Shout out to my teammate Colby Kid, who is just freaking crushing it with a 1.23 ERA. Is also leading the league in FIP with 2.07, um, and sitting like second in saves, uh, tied for first in saves. So doing mm-hmm. super well. But with that being said, as we alluded to earlier, it mm-hmm. looks like in general OBX is kind of taking over the leaderboard for most of the pitching. We have Walker Cato and Justin Ripsbad and Jose Forty Three all making appearances, as yeah. well as like technically 
Bob Beaumont, but that's win percentage. And there's a lot of people that have a thousand mm. and then Baron Ben Caden with save percentage, but there's a lot of people with a thousand. So like, yep. whatever doesn't mean as much right now. Yep. No, for sure. But super exciting and cool to see Justin Ripsbad leading the league in strikeouts at the ripe old age of 89. I'm just kidding. I don't know how old he actually is, but a lot. Uh, let's see. Oh, he's 20. He's 28. He's he's younger than I am in real life. I retract previous <laughs> statement. <laughs> Why aren't you leading the league in strikeouts, Doc? Oh, because I'm fat, lazy, and out of shape. Also, Doc. Justin Rusevad's nickname is Doc. Look at that. Ties yeah. it all together. Or, or something. <laughs> we do also have a smattering of Detroit names that show up. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, well... I guess it's just Kid Carsey four times, but yeah. still, Kid Carsey leads the league in strikeouts per walk. He also leads the league in walks per nine, and he mm -hmm. leads in whip and BABIP. So good on you for just not giving them opportunities, and then when they do have the opportunities, apparently the uh, defense surrounding him is able to chip in and keep dudes off the bags. For sure. Uh, makes me curious how Molly Mitchell is doing this year because she was leading the league in strikeouts for like the longest time. Right. Yeah. She was fanning chumps last year. I don't actually see her name on any of the leaderboards so far. Not that I can see thus far. I'm on her player page. She's still doing really well. Five starts with 30 inning pitched, uh, which is great. 2.37 ERA, which is 182 ERA plus. That's incredible. Yeah. Strikeout percentage is. Pretty close to on pace from last year's. Hmm. They also might just have more pitchers this year or something. Possible. Um, looks like she only has 37. Oh, okay. So she's like, this only shows, what, seven people? She's uh, tied for the eighth, that eighth spot. Oh, okay. For strikeout. So not that far off. Which Plus, as you can attest, earlier in the season, pitchers just don't have much stuff yet yeah yeah it takes some takes some time to really figure it all out so uh should we move on to the minors uh yeah sure let's start with the uh, betting uh do you want to do standings first or do the statistics oh yeah standings yeah okay Sweet. So jumping into standings, leading the West Division, no surprise here. The San Bernardino 66ers leading the league uh, with a 16-5 and record. Right. The one difference that I'm noticing between this year and last year is while they still have a high win percentage, they are not as far away from the rest of their division as they were last time. Right. Uh, so yep, they slightly haven't... more parity, I guess. Yeah. I think so. I haven't quite pulled away as much. They're still sitting at first in like every offensive uh, category, save for base running, um, which shows how little base running means, I think. Uh, but they're also sitting at like first or second for every pitching statistic. So they're killing it. Right. Purely in terms of the rosters put together, it's either them or Dallas that were the consensus favorites at the start of the season. And so far... The 66ers are are uh, proving it with their record. Far and away, they're, uh, they are crushing it. Um, right behind them, though, only three games behind is your Amarillo Armadillos. Go Dillos. Right, so we're at a 13-8 and eight win-loss record, which is better than 
I thought we were going to do. Um, mm-hmm. I was expecting us to take a bit of a dip because we lost a lot of people to the majors. Like mm. we lost, um, so like Cedric Winters, we lost Cowboy, mm-hmm. we lost Kirk Swerve. Yep. Omura so, Fuji. Omura, yeah, we lost the closer of the year. Yeah. Um, or I guess a relief pitcher of the year, whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, closer, though. yeah. And your teammate in like three years. That's right. Yeah, it's weird to say it's like, yeah, he's my teammate. Well, I, I kind of, sort of, I'm in the locker room, but I'm not <laughs> there. You are contractually <laughs> obligated to be teammates yes. at a future date and time. <laughs> it's very exciting. We're very happy. So happy together. <laughs> so so we've uh, we've somehow put together 13 and 8, um, and it's kind of weird. Like I said, we've lost a lot of batting. Like mm-hmm. We have the fourth fewest runs in the minors right now, uh, but we are apparently just a lockdown defensive team. We have allowed the fewest runs. Um, technically, I think it's Kansas City has a better like zone rating than us, mm-hmm. but we've also allowed like nine fewer runs than them or something like that. So maybe it's our pitching, maybe it's our fielding, maybe it's specifically Wallaby moving to shortstop or something. Probably not that one. But uh, there's some amount of defensive magic that's happening uh and we're we're not scoring a ton but we're letting up even fewer runs so which is pretty awesome um probably the biggest surprise of the minor leagues um sitting atop the east division albeit with only one game over 500 is the new expansion team the louisville lemurs yeah um and i think I think expansions I, I had in my head that expansion teams suck because mm-hmm. we watched Kashima and Indy be towards the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. But then after this season started and I saw Louisville's disproportionate success, I kind of mm-hmm. thought about it a while and I realized it's not necessarily that expansion teams suck. It's that mm-hmm. expansion teams in the majors suck because yep. they have to acquire talent and the talent has taken many months of real life Hmm. to cultivate itself. Whereas in the minors, there are a ton of inactive, just like bot accounts Hmm. that you can just buy to fill out your roster until you Hmm. actually have players. And furthermore, even if you have bottom of the barrel people, Hmm. if everybody on your roster is a hundred TPE, the worst that you can be behind your opponent is a 3.5 to one ratio. Hmm. When hypothetically in the majors, that can be like a 17 to one ratio. Mm -hmm. It won't be because no one's going to start a 100 TPE player in the majors, but it's a lot easier to have a punishing difference in TPE between a new majors team and a veteran majors team compared to a new expansion minors team and any of the others. Right. Yeah. The cap works in their favor. Uh, quite a bit, at least for you know, for starting off, which is which is great. So it's fun to fun to see a new team doing so well in the division. Less fun that they're doing better than my team, uh, but you know, take your lumps with it. Right, uh, and I mean that being said, you guys are in quote fourth place in the mm-hmm. division, but you're only two wins behind. So yeah. you know the the East is kind of bundled up together, with the exception of the Mounties straggling behind a little bit so mm-hmm. far. But we also found some kind of odd reasons that your dynamos have underperformed thus far. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So basically, we're sitting pretty strong offensively, which we knew right off the bat. I mean, I think all of our players are close to cap um, on our on the offensive side of the ball. So really, really strong. Knew that it was going to be a good season offensively. So we're we're ostensibly sitting at in second for most things. Yeah, it's pretty much San Bernardino is going to be top dog, and then probably you guys in everything else. And like yep. the biggest one being you've scored 116 runs compared mm-hmm. to like my Dillos, for example, we only have 96. So you're about 20 ahead and we've mm-hmm. only had about, I think every minors team has had 21 games. So you're getting a little under one more run per game than mm-hmm. us, for example. Yeah. So it's, so that that's really good. And then going into the season, we were a little worried about our relief pitching, but felt pretty good about our starters uh, with Tosin, Tom, MKR and then we weren't 100% sure who the fourth starter was going to be. Uh Giovanni Sanchez has been in there. Um also Gene Belcher has been in there. So we were feeling pretty good about the starters and we were feeling pretty good about some of the relievers. Um but coming out of the gates, our pitching has been to steal your phrase garbage. It has been yes, awful. Very true. So to reiterate uh, the Dallas Dynamos are the second highest scoring offense thus far in the minors with 116 runs earned. Mm-hmm. And so far the Dallas Dynamos have allowed a total of 155 runs. Yeah. Also, even if you take away the runs from error and you just do earned runs, they've mm-hmm. still allowed 135, which says two things. One, you have still allowed 19 earned runs more than all total runs that you've scored. And two, your fielders slash pitchers have allowed 20 runs on error in 21 games. Yeah. So I definitely have been doing some statistical searching to try and figure out why Tosin has done so poorly. And we'll talk a little more about his specific performance later. Um, But one thing that I found is that our defensive efficiency and our zone rating, basically all of our defensive stats are the worst in the minors. Like our defensive efficiency is sitting at 622 and we have a negative 11.7 zone rating, which again, official stance of PBE family therapy. No idea what that means, but negative numbers means bad. I think from what Nameless Nate's article Mm -hmm. said, I'm pretty sure zone rating kind of boils down to if you make a play that others usually don't on average, you gain Mm -hmm. points. And if you don't make a play that others usually do on average, you lose points. So like the more people who can't make a play that you do, the more points you get. And the more people who can make a play that you don't, the more you lose. So I, I don't know what the scale of points is but like you guys have as you said the worst zr team wide in the league with negative 11.7 and that's uh that's not going to help your era no not at all so like, like i said we'll dive a little more into our players a little bit later um other than that, most of the teams are pretty close overall for the minors, which is is fun. Uh, the Mounties are at the bottom of the league at six and fifteen, um, but only five games behind the Lemurs for the lead. So, uh, no really big spreads thus far. Right, and I think it ultimately kind of condenses to what we talked about like five minutes ago, mm-hmm. where having a TPE cap per player forces constraints 
that kind of ensure parity, which is yeah. fine. Yep. I don't think it's a problem, especially because with the exception of, I'm pretty sure Randy Myth was in the minors for five le- for, for five years, and then mm-hmm. he retired. Like I think he he must have told the community, I just want to be in the minors and then be done, or something mm-hmm. like that, and not Possibly. get called up. Um, but, I mean, in general, people are going to be either two or three years in and then dip. So, like, right. whatever. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, jumping into some league leaders for the minors, um, I sent you an article, Blow Pop Offline, uh, or off air, I should say, uh, that was a um, OOTP created article about Anita Farting House. <laughs> and it said, Anita Farting House is on fire. And I just, yeah. that was perfect. Uh, had yeah. a six for six game, which is pretty awesome. Um, and is currently leading the league in batting average as well as hits, which makes a lot of sense. Right. And that's clocking it at over 400, which again, Sample size is only 21 games so far, mm-hmm. but I mean, still 21 game stretch going 400 is definitely not nothing. Um, right. That being said, just from the various leaderboards, I would say the best batter overall might still be miles ahead. Yeah. Cause he's got the, uh, the home run lead. Mm-hmm. He's got the slugging percent lead and the OPS lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, those three kind of go together for yep. the most part. Uh, at bat lead, that doesn't really mean anything. Right. Total bases, again, ties with uh, slugging percentage yep. and all that jazz. Most extra base hits. Yeah. Um, and isolated power. So, in general, when he goes up to the plate, you expect more than anybody else. Yep. For the most part. Yep. Absolutely crushing it. His uh, teammates, Brenton Nathan, uh, if you want to call him German, he's Rembever Winkle. Uh, but I heard someone say Rembever Winkle, which makes a heck of a lot more sense, probably. But uh, well, if it was German, it'd be Rembever Winkle. Rembever Winkle. I did like a half English, half German thing. Like you cut a line right after the R. And yeah, I think I think you only said he was German so that you could excuse your mispronunciation. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. But he, that player, is uh, leading the league in <laughs> on base percentage as well as WAR, which is pretty great. Although I think he's a catcher, isn't he a catcher? Yeah. So the the WAR is a little skewed uh, higher than it probably should be. Um, but still respectable uh, to be leading. Uh, you know, in a couple of a uh, couple of areas. Right. Um, he also leads in WOBA. I don't really know what WOBA is though. It's a weighted on base percentage. So. It's like on base percentage, but I don't remember what exactly it weights. Not sure. It's a good snapshot of just how they're doing in general. Maybe he's just heavy. It's possible. First base has a scale under it. He is. Ah, he's only sitting at two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, that. Mm. But That's... for someone who's six foot zero, is not that big. A little I'd, bit. I'd I'd prefer if you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> for an athlete in this game, particularly. Ah, uh, okay, okay. There we go. Put some qualifiers on it for you. <laughs> uh, if we go take a look at pitching, we see a lot of your former teammate, mm-hmm. now Bruce City Bear, Ruth Heater Ginsburg. Yeah, she's crushing it with like a 1.54 ERA. Leading the league in strikeouts with 35 strikeouts per nine. Uh, leading the league in FIP. Leading the league in ERA plus. 
just absolutely crushing it in Brew City. Right. And to some extent, like ERA and ERA plus, like that's that's one that's statistic. Same thing. Yeah. Yep. But uh, her face still shows up on two of these stat blocks. So cool, I guess. Yep. Um, it's kind of surprising to me that a reliever mm-hmm. is leading the league in strikeouts. I don't know if she just plays more frequently than starters or what, but. Uh... Yeah, it looks like she's sitting at 23 innings pitched, which is pretty high for a reliever at this point, I would imagine. Um, well, the league leader is sitting like almost near 40. To give you an right, idea. But, but uh, Diglett's a starter. <clears throat> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And then there's our boy, Bark Murley. Yeah, shout out Bark Murley, leading the or second in the league in innings pitched. He's also leading the league in walks. Uh, less exciting to be leading the league in walks. But his face does show up on a card. That's, so that's right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. We also have like Dirk Diglett leading innings pitched, as I mentioned. We kind of have a nice smattering other than Ruth Heater Ginsburg. We've got kind of a bunch of different players all over the place which is sort of fun like bill the hill leading in the with wins tom riddle leading with losses sorry tom riddle uh, yeah we got a three different kingston mounties in there as well with yeah. tom riddle maddie de ferrari who i think was the 12th or sorry 14th yep. overall pick yep uh, and then harry balls yep which unfortunately the tom riddle won his losses harry balls is home runs against but also whip so that's yeah. that's a positive yeah. one. Maddie DeFerrari has BABIP and average in his favor. So yeah. that all works out. If, uh, if Maddie's up there, you're, apparently you're just not getting on base. So right. too bad. Which is a bummer. Um, I am remembering that we forgot to talk about a particular um, incredible performance from the majors. Yeah. Speaking of week. not getting on base. <clears throat> yeah. Ivy Leaf of the Kashima Foxes. Mm-hmm. Through a complete game, no hitter against the top team in the league, OBX. So one of the three losses that the Aviators have accumulated thus far came at the hands of Ivy Leaf going 9.0 innings, facing 28 batters and walking only one of them. One walk away from a perfect game. But don't worry, folks. The walk came in, I believe, the fifth inning. So it wasn't like a last second heartbreaker or anything. So shout out to, I believe it was Dren who runs this player. I had it up and now I don't because I went and looked at something. Yeah, Perfect. Dren or Dren and Tarb, Dren and Turb. Okay. Sounds like you know they go by Dren. <clears throat> I think so. So shout out to Dren for an awesome game. Um, <clears throat> pretty cool also, career milestone. And it's super bizarre that it happened against the current number one team mm-hmm. by the number 14 team. And it happened while Ivy Leaf is under 800 TPE. Which is awesome. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Super cool. It also goes to show that it's just a crapshoot. Yeah. (laughs) Like, investing in TPE doesn't make you better. It increases your chances of being better. Right. But being at 797 TPE doesn't mean that you can't have the best pitching performance of the season so far. Right. Yeah, there's always a, a standout pitching outing, even if it's not by the you know the highest rated player in the league. But right, it's still pretty. It's still pretty awesome. So shout out to Dren. Really, and that's cool the 
we've seen complete games before. We've seen mm-hmm. complete game shutouts before, but this is the first time that we, you and I, have seen a uh, no hitter. Yeah, I think you're right. And therefore, no perfect games either. But like, right. whatever. Right. Unfortunately, pretty sure there was no no hitter last year. So awesome. Well, congrats again to Ivy Leaf. Super awesome to see. Um, I hope we get to see more of those and someday hopefully see Tosin get a uh, no-hitter. But not against Illos or Taros. No. I appreciated your cheering, quote-unquote, cheering me on. Our our players faced each other. Our teams faced each other, and I was starting. And you were hoping that the best... Stat line for me would be seven innings pitched, only two earned runs, both solo shots from Wallaby. <laughs> yeah, that, that did not happen. Mm, not um, even close. Not even a little bit. But one thing that we have decided to do, especially now that in the last couple of weeks I have purchased OOTP mm-hmm. uh, and have an easier time going back and looking at stats and stuff, yep. is uh, this is not on our itinerary for the episode. I'm just going to hijack it for a second. Do it. Uh, I have put together a spreadsheet mm-hmm. of every at bat or specifically every game mm-hmm. that Giuseppe Tosin pitches mm-hmm. to Wallaby Hickams. Yep. Uh, so I have uh, accumulated all of the stats and there's a little bit of wonkiness going on here, but it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so like game by game, I have, you know, who who wins any interesting milestones. So I have like three three categories. There's a category for if my team wins. There's a category for if your team wins. Yeah. And then in a separate column, there's a player highlight category. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the first game that you and I ever had against each other was in last year's April 23rd matchup mm-hmm. uh, in which Dallas beat the Dillos 12 to 6 and you got credited with a win. Mm-hmm. Awesome. In that game against specifically me, Mm-hmm. You had nine pitches, six strikes, three balls, one strikeout, one fielding out, no walks, and blah, blah, blah. So yep. basically what I've done is I've accumulated all of the stats of just you versus just me. Yeah, uh, which and, is awesome. And so far, the career-to-date statistics are as follows. After five total games, mm-hmm. Dallas has won three of them. Uh, Dillos have won two of them. You have only been credited with one win, but you were also not credited with a loss. Nice. Uh, you have pitched 36 pitches to me, mm-hmm. 23 strikes, 13 balls, nice. three total strikeouts, nice. five total fielding outs. Very nice. On my side, I have 10 plate appearances for nine at-bats and two hits. Nice. That hit was a... Single, mm-hmm. or wait, both hits were singles. One of those hits got an RBI, uh, and then I also have a sacrifice bunt in there, which I was not <laughs> expecting to see pretty much ever. It's kind right. of funny that it happened. Um, I, it was weird. I have two, I think, two sacrifice bunts in my career, yep. and they were both in that April thirtieth, two thousand forty, against you guys. Um, one was against you, and one was against someone else in the ninth inning, but it ended up advancing two runners and we ended up winning by two partially because of it. So like, sure. Um, But I have a, against you, I have a career batting average of 222. I have a career on base percentage of 200. 
I have a slugging of 222 because I've only had singles so far, and I have an OPS of 422. So you're definitely winning in the head-to-head, but I think in general you probably always will because I'm not a good batter and I don't plan on becoming a good batter. I just want to be okay. Uh, And in terms of your fun stats, I have two different forms of ERA that I'm calculating. One of them is ERA of just does Wallaby score because you let him on base. Mm -hmm. And then I have a second ERA of does Wallaby score because you let him on base. Also, did Wallaby specifically get an RBI while batting? Nice. Yep. Uh, So... Wallaby has not scored on you yet, so your runs ERA against me specifically is 0.00. Love it. But I do have one RBI against you, and you have only gotten me out five times. No, wait, eight times. Mm-hmm. So your career RBI, your career ERA against me where runs and RBIs count is 3.38, which is still yeah. pretty good. Yeah, it works. For the most part. It's a heck of a lot better than my ERA right now, which I'll use as a clumsy, clumsy transition <laughs> into <laughs> how our players are doing right now. Um, super disappointing. Yeah. Very, very bad. All right. Moving on to the next segment. No. Um, oh. <laughs> so Tosin finally got to start, which is super exciting. However, uh, just had probably one of the worst starts to a season, at least one that I've seen. So I had a rough spring training, so I was kind of worried that it would be a rough um, jump into the year. So my very first game starting in the minors, I went three innings and gave up six runs on eight hits. So not great. Right. Not not, great. not not the worst start mm-hmm. that I've seen, though. Yeah. The, so the worst start that I've seen that. was probably your second game. Yeah. Thanks, dude. That was such was <laughs> very, very kind of you. Um, so the next game, again, oh, keep in mind, the first game was against the Bruce City Bears. The second game was against the Lemurs, two expansion teams. However, as we covered, the Lemurs are actually doing really well this year, but right, um, right. partially in because of my pitching performance. Um, so the next game, I only went two thirds of an inning. I gave up six hits and six runs, giving me a nice 29.45 ERA. Yeah. Um, so bad. Uh, since then I've had some better games. I'm giving up tons and tons of hits. Um, unfortunately, but holding it to the runs decently, the last game was pretty rough with another six innings. Uh, right. And in your last, in your last four games put together, you have 16, no, you have 14 runs, but like we've talked about earlier, your fielders are questionable this year yeah. so out of those 14 runs only 10 of those in the last four games have been earned yeah yeah so in digging through what's going on i've, I've brought my era down laugh out loud down uh to 8.14 era which is still horrendous but it's a heck of a lot better than 29 um but interestingly looking at some of the other metrics uh i'm sitting at like a 5.2 fip which leads me to believe that that ERA is still a little bit inflated. And then a comical 422 BABIP. So for those who aren't as familiar with it, that basically means if I'm pitching to you and you put the ball in play, you've got like a 42% chance of getting a hit, which is astronomically high. Yeah, it it either means everybody who bats against Giuseppe Mm -hmm. is placing the ball well, 
or and or there's probably some Venn diagram in there. I would assume little, so. Yeah. Little little column A, little column B. Uh, your fielders stank. Yeah, it's yeah. Defense has not been fantastic. I decided just for funsies to look at um, pitchers in the league who have pitched at least 20 innings and then sorted it by BABIP. And this I was the highest BABIP with 422. The next one down was like 362. Um, so I've just been very unlucky thus far. Um, and I just haven't been pitching well. It just hasn't been going great. And the I think the fact that a bunch of the other pitchers are also not doing well shows that we've we've got to up our defense the the uh, i don't know how we do that but uh, it has definitely adversely affected our pitching so uh here's to hoping that i can you know kind of pull out of this slump and uh get back to hopefully top form because i think i've got a decent build and i am getting close to maxing out so i really hope that i'm able to able to turn it around Right. And that last thing that you said is really important for you and I to keep in mind. It's <laughs> kind of hard to judge this season because in all of the simulations that I ran of like, mm-hmm. well, what can I expect with this final build? It was like, mm-hmm. okay, with this final build, I should have about a 270 batting average, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to get to the final build until the second week is already done. Right. You know, right. which is a decent chunk of the season. Right. So it's it's kind of it's a weird lens to have to put on our performance in order to really evaluate how it's going. But right. like you talked about earlier, last season you were really good. This mm-hmm. season you started terrible, yeah. but now you're regressing back towards your norm. Mm-hmm. Your ERA is dropping. You should be stabilizing. Yeah, I think so For too. For me, last year I was god-awful. Yeah, garbo. And then in day one of the stream, I was maybe one of the best hitters in the minor <laughs> leagues. And That's now awesome. I'm regressing to my mean, which is just trash again. Yeah. Yeah. Un- so, unfortunately. Yeah. So like day one, uh, for any of the listeners, Wallaby Hickams ended up having uh, like a 310 or something batting average, which mm-hmm. is really good oh, yeah. for me, for a magician archetype. Uh, and I was also tied with the league leading uh might have been dan king or something Mm -hmm. or or steve roger i don't know it's there were like three of us total Mm -hmm. that had four home runs Mm -hmm. so in the first opening eight i think it was or Mm -hmm. seven games of the season i had four home runs the entirety of last year i had seven home runs yeah (laughs) so i was i was on pace to get like 70 or something hilarious which and also and also, I, I I did not think, ooh, I'm gonna get seventy. Right. It was just like, right. wow, I'm having some really front loaded success. Yeah, this should help my averages over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the next two stream sessions, my average has dropped from three ten down to two twenty six. Yeah, I've gotten one more home run, and mm-hmm. also a triple, I think, in yeah. there somewhere, which is kind of fun and mm-hmm. weird. But like to to blow up the numbers, that's like mm-hmm. going thirty one for one hundred. Yeah. And then over the course of the next two hundred at bats, only getting thirty five hits. Yeah. So over the last like two thirds of the current season, I've been batting one seventy five, which is even worse than I did the entirety of last year at yeah. lower TPE totals. Right. Exactly. Which is is tough. It's it's good to. 
to put all of it in perspective of the fact that, especially in OOTP, but in real life baseball too, slumps are a big thing, hot streaks are a big thing, and it's really tough to judge anything off of a small sample size. I said to myself yeah. as I cried in the corner over my 29 year old. But it's good to, you know, keep in mind the season is young. You know, I'm I'm excited, especially for your player to see you, you know, above the Mendoza line. That's fantastic. Well, we hope. So for now. I mean, I'm I'm if I keep going at 17.5% for the yeah. rest of the season, then I will surely slide beneath it again. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, it's like I don't think I will either. Um, I had a really lucky day that also included two fun milestones, actually three fun milestones. Yeah. Uh, those milestones were in order, uh, a grand slam, mm -hmm. my first awesome. ever, super fun. Mm -hmm. Then the second milestone was my first walk-off, I think hit, mm -hmm. but definitely my first walk-off home run. Which is awesome too. Uh, and then immediately after, because of the walk-off, it was my first uh, player of the game. Awesome. So three three fun boxes that I finally got to check in a very good luck first day of the season. And then yeah. both day two and three were awful. Yep. My one consolation after day two was, okay, at least I'm still the best fielding shortstop right now. Mm -hmm. But then day three, I had two errors. Yeah. So I'm still fielding better than average though. Like I still have a one point, I think Oh one six efficiency or something. And like mm -hmm. all of the simulations that I ran with a full build mm -hmm. had me batting two sixty with an efficiency of at least 1.014. That mm -hmm. was, that was out of 10 iterations of the season. The worst mm -hmm. in either stat was 260, which I probably will be under because I started without having cap TPE. So, like, whatever, that's fine. Sure. And I am currently looking to do better than the worst simulated fielding season I had. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not too surprising. I should be pretty much close. Um, I will have my fielding error up to 53, I think, at the end of this mm -hmm. update cycle. And the next update nice. cycle, I'll get it to 55. And that's where I'll park it until majors. Nice. Um, but another built-in excuse that I have is even though I did have spring training, this is still my first season at shortstop. Right. So the experience has not quite filled up yet. Uh, there's still a little bit of growing pains. Uh, it looks like Dr. K is going to go find shortstop experience. Yeah, it's pretty close. Up to 188 out of 200. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm nearing my... Uh, my final form. I'm also kind of curious as to why. So like my second base experience is 200 out of 200. Mm -hmm. My shortstop is 188 out of 200, mm -hmm. but my position rating is wildly different between the two of them. Hmm. I wonder if that, uh, some of those statistics factor in your defensive ratings. Probably. <clears throat> I would I mean, imagine. It's kind of, it's kind of weird though, because then the implication there is if I go, if I, if I cap out the major defensive statistics over the course of my career, and by major defensive statistics, I mean fielding range, fielding error, mm -hmm. fielding arm, 
and turn double play. Mm-hmm. If I do all of that, hypothetically, there could be like, as a capped defense build magician, you might still just be a worse shortstop than second baseman, you know? Yeah, that is really interesting. I'm, I'm punching in some numbers for fun. Um, there's got to be something else involved in this because I maxed out all of your defensive ratings and then maxed out your experience at both second and shortstop. And they were different ratings. Right. One versus 308. I also have a sneaking suspicion I will not have a PBE range rating of 125. Right. But, but a man can dream. <laughs> it is awfully fun typing, you know, punching everything max and then going back here and seeing 100 on everything. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've thought about making... Uh, I've, I've, I've thought about inputting my hypothetical max build majors build mm-hmm. so like uh 1795 is the tpe yeah. that i used just because it leaves me with a bunch of clean numbers yeah but um i've been tempted to make a game file of that wallaby still <laughs> in the minors and just see what happens um just destroying everybody and everything yeah it'd be pretty goofy i don't think it'd be uh healthy but no, it'd be, it'd be like a, a really solid college baseball player going to back to Little League just for fun, just to see what he could do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think you and I will probably, I think there might be this almost air of like liberation when we get to the majors, because mm-hmm. in the minors, with how small the TPE scale is, yeah, it's like, why am I doing poorly when other people with similar stats are doing better? Sure. But at least when I get to the majors, it'll be like, I am batting terribly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll just, I'll just deal with it because that's not my build. My build is going to be glove first and then I'll patch up fielding or patch up batting later. And you'll look at opposing pitchers and be like, man, why couldn't I touch that guy? Oh, he has 1700 TPE. Right. Ah. That would be why. Oh, I got hit by pitch. Yes, that's right. Take your base. That's all I want. Uh, so moving on to the next thing we're talking about, Bark's uh, request, and uh, we've had a couple other people reach out to us. Just as a recap for last year's casino for the over and unders, ah. uh, Blow Pop and I were the only ones that went perfect. We earned two two point two five million, I believe. Correct. Um, off of our uh, over-unders. So uh, we're going to jump into a segment that we lovingly call Blow Pops Best Bets. The over-under is back for season 24. And once again, they structure it in a somewhat player-friendly fashion. There's mm-hmm. a relatively okay balance of wins needed versus wins available. There are seven more wins needed mm-hmm. than there are games. There's 1,058 sure. wins in order for everybody to hit the over. So in general, it should be fairly balanced. Yep. Um, Probably more so than last year. However, we had a calculation error last year. Right. And this year, the calculation is correct. I yep. have made sure. Um, to reiterate, for anyone who might not have heard how I structure my number crunching, basically, I take the over-under split that the casino gives. We'll use Apex as the example because they are alphabetically on the top of my sheet. Mm -hmm. Um, Apex 
have an over-under of 49.5. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I say in the spreadsheet, they need 50 wins, and then I punch in their current wins, current losses, and it spits out a whole bunch of information, like how many games are remaining, how many wins do they keep, how many wins do they need in mm-hmm. order to hit the over, how many losses are they able to take and still hit the over, what is the win rate for the rest of the season from here on out, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so basically what it does is it just finds out not who's going to be best or who's going to be worst. It just spits out who is most off course yeah. to be quote accurate by the casino standards. Right. So for example, apex are currently 10 and 10. They need to get to 50 wins mm-hmm. in order to exactly hit the over. So they currently have a win rate of 50%. Mm-hmm. They need to go 40 and 48 for the rest of the season, which is a win rate of 45.5%. Mm-hmm. So they are allowed to do 4.5% worse yeah. from now to the end of the season as they have done up until this point. So that 4.5% change of pace is the number that I'm looking for. Yeah. The bigger the number, the more off course they are, and the more mm-hmm. off course they are, the more secure in general that bet is. Yeah. So what I've done is I have gone through all 24 teams now that we have two new organizations in the minors, mm-hmm. and I found the four most egregious outliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order, they are the Aviators. The Aviators are currently 17 and 3, mm-hmm. which is an 85% win rate. For the rest of the season, in order to hit their magic number of 68 wins, in order to punch that over ticket, they need 51 wins and 37 losses. And that mm-hmm. plus minus of 14 might sound daunting, but that is a 58% win rate, mm-hmm. which is 27% lower than the current win rate they have. Yeah. So I'm going to, like many people probably would even without this spreadsheet, I'm going to take the over for the Mm -hmm. Aviators. The second bet is, once again, probably able to be eyeballed a little bit, and that will be the Providence Crabs. Mm. They are 4 and 16. Their magic number is they got to get to 43 wins to hit the over which means for the rest of the season, they have to go 39 and 49. And while that is still a losing record, that 44.3% win rate needed is still 24.3% higher than their current win rate. Yeah. And not only that, they also have to win at over twice the pace that they're currently winning. Right. So depending on how you think about it, it's either a 24% increase or like a 100 and. 80% 80% or something like yeah. that. Whatever. Probably not going to happen. So I will be taking the under on the crabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next bet you will enjoy. Oh, yeah. Vandals. The 13 and 7 Vandals mm-hmm. need a magic number of 49 total wins, meaning they can go 36 and 52 for the rest of the season. That minus 16 plus minus means that they can go. win rate from here on out, Mm -hmm. which is 24.1% lower than what they're currently managing. And keep in mind, any team that is currently on pace for the over, Mm -hmm. the math doesn't actually show as good as it is because the Crabs, for example, are currently under. Mm -hmm. 
they need a 24% improvement mm-hmm. in order to flip from the under to the over. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Vandals, for example, can allow a 24% dip in performance while still maintaining exactly the over. So they actually sure. need something along the lines of like a 25 point. Yeah. Oh, or 25.1% decrease in order to flip to the under. Yeah. So the, the math is like, I didn't want to try to fix that in a spreadsheet. I just right. know that bigger number is better. And then over bets are underrepresented here. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. So the Vandals are probably actually the second most confident bet I have just because of how the over under flip would work. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also out of the four most lopsided bets they are the only bet that is either currently winning and can lose more than the rest of the season or mm-hmm. is currently losing and has to have a winning record the rest of the season gotcha nice. so they're currently winning record they could have a losing record and be just fine sweet uh the fourth most egregious bet and therefore the fourth bet that i will risk money on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is also the first bet that is a duplicate from last year. Interesting. And that would be the Kingston Mounties. Mm. Kingston Mounties are 6 and 15, which is a 28.6% win rate. In order to hit their magic number of 45, they need to go 39 and 48 from here on out. And while that is still a losing record, mm-hmm. that is a 44.8% win rate which is 16.3% higher than what they have currently managed thus far. Mm. So to reiterate, my four paid bets that I will be putting down Mm -hmm. are Aviators hitting the over, Mm -hmm. Crabs hitting the under, Vandals hitting the over, and Mounties hitting the under. As for the free bet, Mm -hmm. this one is kind of weird because there are two teams that are exactly tied Hmm. and then one team that is almost exactly tied sweet uh the two teams that are exactly tied for the fifth most lopsided bet are the 10 and 10 rougarous that need 66 wins and the 10 and 10 scorpions that also need 66 wins sure so from a betting standpoint they're effectively exactly the same so far it's just Mm -hmm. kind of which team do you think should do better or worse? Yep. Uh, either way, the uh, both of those teams need a 13.6% increase in performance mm-hmm. in order to hit their over. Uh, the other one you won't like as much. It is the Dynamos. Oh, no. The Dynamos are 9 and 12, which is a 42.9% win rate. They mm-hmm. need, in order to hit their magic number of 58 they need to go 49 and 38 from here on out, mm. which is a 56.3% clip. Uh, they also fall in that camp of being one of the only teams that needs to flip from a current losing record to a winning record for the rest of the season. And more than that, they need a winning record overall. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit steep. Mm-hmm. I would say either Rougarous or scorpions or dynamos hitting the under is probably a solid free bet i don't know which one people want that might depend on personal biases it might depend on looking at the roster on your own that might depend on i hate you scorpions go die in a hole if or something like that yeah um another option that 
I'm personally going to be taking mm-hmm. is ignoring those three mm-hmm. and going for a less obvious in terms of the math bet. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the San Bernardino 66ers. They are currently 16 and 5, which is a 76.2% win rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to hit their magic number of 72 wins, they need to go 56 and 31. And even though that is a huge <clears throat> plus minus of 25 games, yeah. That's a 64.4% win clip, and that's a 12-ish percent drop from what they currently have. And as you and I just talked about, they mm-hmm. are far and away the best batting team. Yeah. And they're in the top chunk of pitchers as well. So right. even though the math doesn't support it, I don't really see the 66ers slowing down that much. Right. Uh, other viable option, if someone wants to be adventurous, the other two that I could maybe suggest are the Dillos. With the over, they are mm-hmm. currently 13 and 8, which is a 61.9% win rate. And they can slip that down 12.5% to a 49.4% win rate by going 43 and 44 for the rest of the year. Or the Voyagers, who are sitting at 10 and 10, mm-hmm. and they need to get to 63 wins, which means they need a 60.2% win rate from here on out, which is a 10% improvement. That's not super egregious. Mm-hmm. The 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 long condensed to short takeaway is the four best bets mathematically are for sure aviators with the over, mm-hmm. crabs with the under, vandals with the over, mounties with the under. And then after that, there's like five more bets that are fine. Mm-hmm those five options or six options or whatever it is are Rougarou's under Voyager's under Scorpion's under mm-hmm. 66ers over Dillo's over Dynamo's under. Yep. And out of those, I'm personally going to take the 66ers because I just think they're going to slap a lot of balls. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. So join us in the casino. Come uh, hopefully potentially make a lot of money. Thank you so much, Blow Pop, for all of your number crunching, trying to find some market inefficiencies in the betting. So hopefully we can all just win a crap ton of money. And I have 108 games in the schedule this time, so I didn't yeah. immediately screw up the math. Professional. That's awesome. Uh, sweet. Last couple of things we wanted to talk about here. Uh, we got an announcement on the last stream uh, that the Major League is going to be expanding next year by two teams, bringing us to a total of 16, which is just a very pleasing number. And I'm really hoping that we end up doing four divisions of four teams each because I think that would be really fun. Yeah, I think that's probably the cleanest way to balance the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if there's a 16 team league, and the games in a year remain to be a multiple of four, as I'm <laughs> sure they probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I bet either manually or via the program itself, there's probably mm-hmm. a pretty clean, crisp schedule that can be generated with like some fun rivalry teams yeah. while still being able to interact a little bit with all of the other teams. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think... That looks nice. A lot of the veterans that I've talked to have said that they think this is where it's going to stay for a while because yeah. it'd be really clumsy to expand to 18 mm-hmm. and it'd be really hard to expand directly to 20. Yeah. Um, they also think that at some point the league is probably going to hit its equilibrium of 
new players that stay active and mm-hmm. old players that drop out, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then any new players that immediately drop out don't really impact that at all. Right. So whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think in terms of even just as simply as like aesthetically pleasing, like mm-hmm. 16 team league is nice. It's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I will be really interested to see how the divisions get divided up. I'm, I was trying to think about this today. Like what would be the most balanced way to do that? Um, because you don't want a, uh, pardon again, the NFL example, we don't want an NFC East situation where, you know, all the teams really suck, but one of them gets into the playoffs just because they're all in a bad division where they can just be bad together. Um, right. So I, I was thinking it might be a good idea to look at like the records over the last five years or 10 years or something and trying to balance everything out that way or... Um, yeah, it, it also it depends guys. on how much they want to commit to the bit in terms of geography. Mm, that's very true and that also will be thrown for a loop depending on where the two expansion teams go i have seen some people say that they want more international teams and i've seen some people say that they want specifically more intercontinental teams Mm -hmm. uh which i have already said i like the concept of international teams i don't really care for the concept of intercontinental because it just like feels weird for immersion it's Mm -hmm. like you're you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna have several series per year where you have to fly to a different continent. Especially if you are that team, having half of your games be on different continents would just I don't know. Obviously it doesn't matter because this is a fictional simulated league and there is no travel time. Right. But it still gets in gets in my brain a little bit there. Yeah. For immersion, it's like uh, again, NFL. It's why the Jaguars haven't moved to London. It would just logistical nightmare. It's like either they're flying back and forth all the time or they do something ludicrous, like have eight straight games in the U S as an away game. And then they're at home for the last, like it just doesn't work. Right. Um, That being said, I do think it's fun Mm -hmm. when the Jaguars have one game a year in London. Oh yeah. I dig it. I think it's a cool idea. It's also fair because both teams get absolutely hosed by yeah. jet lag. <laughs> That's why all the games are awful. So, womp yeah. womp. Yeah, but the the British folk don't necessarily know. They, yeah. they probably don't watch our football. So when our football shows up there, no matter what it looks like, they're just like, oh, this is probably really good. Nice. A bunch of big fat guys hitting each other and the ball's getting thrown around and stuff happens. It's great. There's so much violence in American sports. I love it. <laughs> You should have done that with a British accent. No, I love it. Louvre. I'm Louvre. Louvre. Yeah, I, don't I know. think technically Louvre is French? French. Well, depending on how you spell it. I. That's true. But I spoke it out, so I spelled it the correct way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the other announcement, which is exciting, is we have a new logo for the PBE. Looks very clean, very nicely done, and most importantly, it is not based directly off of something else now. <laughs> Yeah, Liberate Iowa apparently is a reference to an Iowa like town team league or something that yeah. had our old logo. And then I think the Iowa League dissolved oh, nice. or something and then PBE scooped it up. But yeah, having, uh, I don't know, copyright immunity or something, having, having our own thing yeah. is really important. Um, I know... I know at least one or two people in the Toros 
uh, office mm-hmm. have been really pushing for every logo to be completely unique. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably doable. It'll take some time. Uh, I hope the lemurs and bears and foxes and apex have done it mm-hmm. just because if they're the most recent teams and they're the teams that are more likely to have been created as this issue has been talked about sure then hopefully they can you know have given a small head start on solving the problem yeah a little bit um i don't think even if we use like all copyrighted images like who's gonna sue us yeah i don't i don't really know the only real thing that like i know we're putting content out on twitch and youtube but from what i understand twitch is not bringing in a ton of money it's just paying for kind of the website and i i'm positive that youtube is not bringing in any money because they don't have near enough views and subscribers and such so um right yeah i i don't really see it being a huge issue going forward but still nice to have the the main logo kind of cleaned up without any of those issues yeah um i mean and even legality aside it just looks better yeah yeah i totally agree so shout out to everyone who worked on that fantastic job i think it's really great and i think it uh went off really well i feel like everyone on on twitch was really excited about it um and and really you know really dug it so good work it looked good Uh, yeah looked very good um the last little bit is just a little cleanup from last week um we made uh well we didn't make an error there was a an error with uh communication about the sim files from last uh last episode so basically we ran a bunch of test sims and teams like dvs like the rugurus just were awful consistently we could not figure out what it was blow pop you were especially pushing for something has to be wrong um and we didn't figure it out until after we put our episode out bunch of people reached out to us like Phillies fan and poe uh a bunch of guys just saying hey just so you know it's the spring training file so all of the players are out of position um all of but a lot of yeah yeah so basically it turned into a comical funhouse look at what would happen if everyone played in the wrong spot <laughs> it is <Right>. bad <laughs> and it's it's just a way i mean it it makes sense from the team's perspective of it's yeah. a, it's a good way to farm positional experience mm-hmm. on people because yeah. spring training is like really heavily weighted experience gain mm-hmm. for some reason um as is evident by the fact that I started or I ended season one with shortstop Mm -hmm. unplayed as a third position, which means I was at 100 out of 200 and then through spring training and then through 21 games. Now I'm at 88 or 188 out of 200. So like (laughs) I got worse. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, So it it like, it makes sense because then whenever people retire, they can slide someone over to like, yeah competently fill the position until a more you know like specific prospect comes up from the minors to fill the gap or something like that um i wish the pbe would release a day zero regular season file yeah um i'm sure they don't because i'm sure the gm's of each team are probably making decisions up until like half an hour before right day one begins. So from a logistical standpoint, they probably can't give us the file. Right. Yep. Uh, I just wish that they would, it would make 
preseason or it'd, it'd make like season 24 predictions different because yeah. I could just we could just smash through a couple hundred full seasons with a correct roster and see yeah. what happens and stuff right. like that and obviously none of those simulations would be perfect and none of them would be accurate because they don't take into account TPE gains but yeah having positions correct is still pretty important so it, it would have been nice but I understand why it probably can't happen yep for sure. And shout out to uh, Enoch, who I can't remember which file it was. I think it was the spring training two file where he actually put a note on the uh, the file going out and was like, hey, these are still spring training rosters. So they're still spring training rosters. So right. Appreciate appreciate that quite a bit. Um, also, one of the other things we talked at length about was the schedule. Uh, Poe reached out to me uh, afterwards saying that. Uh, we had some misinformation. I, I put all of this on a post on JSync, but I just wanted to say it on the podcast um, just to make sure everybody hears it. So the schedule was not changed simply because they wanted relievers to be nerfed, although that was kind of a nice bonus. It was basically made so that each team has an even amount of games per stream, which is actually really awesome. And it's been really cool to see consistent number of games, even just in the first couple of streams. Yeah, and, so. and that... That's good. That plan of theirs is also perfectly reflected. Every major league team so far has played exactly 20 games yeah. and every minor league team has played exactly 21 games. And the reason that those numbers are a little off, I would assume is just because having two leagues of seven versus one league of 10, there's probably some, there's gotta be something in there. Math something, yeah, numbers, know, number math things. Yeah. I mean, plus it's not like I'm comparing the bears to the Raptors or something like right. I don't, I don't care about minor leagues being comparable to majors. I just want to have them go against each other in the stat boxes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Well, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I guess the last thing that I can think of is the fact that as of right now, mm -hmm. you and I are four for four. On the primetime picks this week. Nice. I don't think any of them were particularly adventurous picks. I don't think so either. It was pretty I mean, much just... Raptors over Foxes, Rougarous over Toros, mm -hmm. Aviators over Crabs, Stars over whoever they played. I don't remember. <laughs> the reason that I can remember the other three but not the Stars is mm -hmm. because in the spreadsheet that Dr. K and I have, we keep track of my guesses. Mm-hmm. Then we keep track of his guesses. Yep. Then we keep track of a random number generator that I use with weighted RNG to generate guesses. And RNGesus has picked incorrectly for all three of the first games this week. So <laughs> I can see foxes, then toros, then crabs on the list there. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I guess logically it has to have been the other team that hasn't mm -hmm. showed up in this because every team shows up exactly once in a prime time. Oh, sure. Uh, Voyagers, I think. Sure. Yeah, maybe. And then sloths, and whoever they play, and then demons and Death Valley, and then Apex and Vandals all take place on Saturday tomorrow. Sweet. So that should be fun. Absolutely. Uh, if the sloths win, mm -hmm. then at least you or I. Mm -hmm are guaranteed to get plus four TPE. Nice. 
if the sloths lose, then at least you or I is guaranteed to get a maximum of three TPE. Gotcha. So we ideally we want sloths to win. Yep. And then you and I picked different teams for both of the last two games. Awesome. So if we if we split those two, then we'll both get four for the week. So sweet. Let's go sloths. Let's go sloths. Also, uh, because you and I have already gotten at least two of the games this week correct, mm-hmm. that means not tomorrow but eight days from now that update cycle you and i are guaranteed to hit 350 tpe minor league cap build super exciting to hit that by week three ish of our second season oh yeah whatever it is especially considering i think both of us are probably going to be kept down for another year i would assume so yeah which means two things one uh you and i don't have to make a decision for like four months real time (laughs) for real (laughs) or something we're just gonna farm tpe and slap it all into the bank and not care bank it bank it and then two we're going to have one glorious update session once we get called up where all of a sudden we get to spend 300 or 350 or whatever it is tpe and i'll start seeing some of my stats in the 70s and stuff like that yeah, which is going to be freaking awesome. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It's I, I totally understand why there's a, a TPE cap in the minors. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it is a good thing, but it is also going to be kind of a bummer to not have anything to update and pretty much have our stats set in stone for now. But it'll make it all much, that much better when we actually get into the majors and we can have one big mega update. Yeah. And one silver lining about having a cap while we're still in the minors mm-hmm. is next season, assuming we're held down, or at least mm-hmm. assuming I'm held down, having a finalized build and then running a bunch of test simulations for the upcoming season means that I will have as much information as possible going into it. And then my rage will be justified. <laughs> Hashtag, I hate this game. I do. I really do. <laughs> uh well on that note thank you so much to everyone who listened to our 10th episode and all the previous episodes we are sorry 10 consecutive times yes and thank you to everyone who is subscribing and listening all the time there are none 10 consecutive times 10 consecutive times and some last thing that i'm supposed to say about things and thank you um Godillos, 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 Godillos. All right, that's ten. That's got a nice groove to it. Yeah, you can't do that with the dynamos as well. No, get dynamos, get dynamos, get dynamos, get dynamos. Almost sounds like you're saying hello in Australian. Get dynamos, get get dynamos, get dynamos. Hey, shout out to Simo, my assistant GM, who's Australian. You can say Godynamos, Godynamite. Look at that. Godyne. Yeah, yeah. maybe you just have to, like, convince him to implement Namos as, like, a colloquialism in the locker room. Yeah, what's up, Namos? Godynamos. Godynamos. Mm. I don't know if it'll catch, but it was a fun thought experiment. <laughs> yeah, we, we really uh, committed to the bit for the last, like, yes. minute and a half. I love it. It's because nobody's listening anymore, so we can just do whatever we want. If you are still listening... Uh, comment in the JSync link what yeah. your favorite walk-off hit has been. 
by real real life by wall oh okay yeah that works i, I can dig that <laughs> and uh if if possible post a link to it yeah yeah do it that'd be awesome sweet thank all right. you all we will uh we will see you all next week for uh number 11 which is my favorite number awesome and Good my future number with the toros I don't, I don't know what to uh i don't know how to sign this off yes you do <sighs> go dillos there it is. There it is. That a boy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, Visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.